our world is full of the unexplainable, like the demons, un- yes. living spirits, yes, even actual dark magic. But when you think about it, these things happen maybe once in a lifetime. And what's more fascinating is the human being itself, especially me. <laughs> no, <laughs> especially when people are raised in a very, very unique way that makes them have a very special makeup that when you experience life with them, when you meet them, you see life in a different way. And this is what this podcast is about. It's about meeting people who are really unique that life won't be useful if we don't talk to them and understand, decipher the code of why they are different. Like, you know, like we are human beings and there are a lot of human beings and they're increasing. And they, they should be different. But if you study the normal distribution, the curve, the bell curve, you see that like more than 90% of the population is in the middle, like average. Yeah. And there's only few, like extreme high, extreme low. Yes. Depends on what you define as high or low. And yes, but, but you know, I was actually, I, I watched, uh, I, I want to say I read, but that's not true. I watched the video where the guy was saying, let's say we find every single characteristic of a human being and we take each characteristic. Each one of these characteristics is going to also be a bell curve, right? Just mathematically speaking. Okay. And uh, because that's a normal distribution, right? There's people who are really good at, you know, uh, jumping. <laughs> Some mm-hmm. people are really bad at jumping, but the, most people are okay at jumping, right? Uh-huh. But if you get all the characteristics of a human being and you say that there's one human being that is average with every single one of those characteristics, it is statistically very unlikely, right? So for you to even be average at everything, even that makes you, uh, that even that is unlike, that makes you more unique than a person who's good at one thing, right? Yeah. Which is interesting. So even being a jack of all trades, it's something on its own. Yeah. All trades, like all trades. And by all trades, I mean every single thing. Yes, ever, right? yes. No, I don't think anybody is, right? Yeah. Who else, who's going to be good at everything? Everybody has some weird thing that they're born with that they can't really... Mm-hmm. So I know Jack from all trades that do a lot of things, but when they come to converse with like a normal person, they start freaking out. That's normal, right? But that happens. That's not... <laughs> you know, that's not the uh, end of the world that he can't do that. It just makes him who he is. And yeah, I agree with you, right? Human beings are the type of... You know, our type of beings that are so unique in so many different ways, especially the fact that there's so many of us, that it is important to try and experience what every other human being has either experienced or what he has to offer for you to fully understand, you know, all the qualities that life has to offer. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So starting, I'm interviewing Yasser Sayed. So you work at Midi. You're a developer. Yes. And maybe that's all I know. So introduce the 2.5 people in the world who don't know about you. 2.5, wow, that's nice. Who's the 0.5? <laughs> a baby. It's a baby. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so my name is Yasser. I am a developer. I've been coding for a while since I started university, which was around uh, maybe five and a half years ago. I went to Carnegie Mellon University 
the Qatar campus and uh, I went to computer science. Uh, can I curse in this? No, I can't curse, right? What? Can I curse? Yeah, yeah. Okay. you can do whatever you want. Well, I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> I wasn't the best uh, computer scientist, but when I graduated, I wanted to do something that is uh, impactful to the people around me. And uh, when you're a developer, you're using your code in order to solve real life solutions and not using your code to do something fun. Uh, but sometimes it is fun. And uh, this is what Medi, like, this is why I joined Medi. And uh, I joined Medi in 2000, uh, so I joined Medi as an intern in 2016, then later on in 2017, full time. And uh, right now, uh, we're recording. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, that's who I am. That's who I am. So you just code. You don't do any managerial operations, marketing, because no, it's a startup, so, and you yeah, do so people I, do many things. I do a lot of things in a startup, right? Like uh, within the startup, I do a lot of user testing. I do a lot of um, uh, kind of data parsing for. Uh, are different type of funnels. What a funnel is, for example, like if a user comes to the website, we want to know why this person made the booking or why he didn't make a booking and all of that. In terms of managerial, right now we just hired the new uh, developer, which you guys had on your podcast, uh, Yusuf Musler, and uh, hopefully more to come soon. Uh, you know, and that that will be announced later. Obviously, I mean, I can't I can't really speak too much about that. Um, so that and then yeah so in terms of response i mean in my entire life isn't just major right? i mean i also like to write uh i have a blog about the, the technical things that i've done and the things that i i want to do um i also like writing stories i love reading really yeah. you write stories stories yes short stories <laughs> that's embarrassing i don't share them with many people i share them with people that i think would like these type of stories and uh, yeah, uh, I was like that since I was a kid. I used to like writing. In fact, I didn't want to go into computer science as much as I wanted to go into uh, literature and writing and all of But it's uh, a sheer contrast between you know, literature and computer yeah, science. Yeah, no, so when actually, it may not because they say sometimes code, code is poetry. Oh, yeah, that's true. The shorter the code, the more poetic it is. Yeah. But, uh, or, sorry, the shorter the code and the more the code does, the yeah. more poetic it is. Mm -hmm. It's what my professor used to tell me, but mm -hmm. you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. And when in the context of professional life, it's better to be practical than poetic. Anyway, so um, no, I, I when I actually I graduated with a minor of uh, history. <laughs> history. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I don't, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love reading about history. This is one of my favorite things to read about because if you read about. Um, I don't know, people, I feel like people who read about a lot of stories and stuff end up being stuck in this, like, kind of, like, the storytelling of uh, thing, which is all something that you can justify. Like, oh, why did this character do this one thing? Or why did that character do that other thing, right? What's a lot more interesting is how history developed, right? It's like, why did, for instance, Rasputin, why was Rasputin the reason for the fall of the, uh, uh, I forgot their name, the... Uh, the Roman of uh, the, the Roman of uh, Empire. Well, 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 what what the hell happened there? And the, the reason is actually insane. Like when you actually read about that story, you'll be like, okay, that's it. I did not expect any of this, right? And Mark Twain had the same. You said um, fiction is harder 
to if fiction is harder to justify than nonfiction, which is kind of true, right? Because if if you tell me this happened, right? They're like, oh, really? It's like, yeah, it did. It's like, oh, how'd you know? So these people said it. Like, okay, I guess I don't need a justification. But if you are telling me a story, then I'll start questioning it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So I like reading about history. But maybe the best part is to question stories. Yeah, no, it's fine. I love doing that too. <laughs> so I love reading stories and then reading uh, discussions on them. It's my favorite part. I also love writing stories. I mean, it's not like I don't like mm. it, but I like reading history more than that's the idea. Um, yeah, so that's me. Unique personality. I also work out <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, you look good. You, you work out more than you tell. I, I work out. I started working out more recently, actually, because of Yusuf. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's been fun, right? It's, uh, it's nice to know that you can lift a lot of weight over like time. You know, you get to eat what you want. It's, I think everybody should work out. Okay, so you, in a nutshell, developer, writer, history lover. A history, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say a history buff, but yes, definitely <laughs> a history lover. And someone who likes to work out. Yeah. So you care about your health, let's say in general. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, I care a lot, but I also know that I'm luckier than most in terms of health. Uh, like, for instance, I lose weight very quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm very naturally skinny, even though right now I weigh 82 kilos, I, or actually 83, but uh, I lose weight extremely, extremely quickly. Like if I don't, like I can just not eat, <laughs> you know, at some uh -huh. point when I was much skinnier, I didn't feel hungry ever. I would just feel tired, you know what I mean? So I look out whatever, I'm tired, I go to sleep next day, <laughs> you know, whatever. I used to be extremely, extremely skinny. Uh, yeah. So I'm luckier than most. I, I can I can afford to eat whatever I want and I still look fine. And also, like thankfully, I have a good heart. And I did the, the tests because my family doesn't have like good cholesterol. I do, which is thankfully the case for me. Yeah. So I'm 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 happy. I'm blessed. But you know, as a developer, you tend to sit down in front of the computer for extended periods of time. So yeah, I think research said that's not healthy at all. Even if you work out. You know what I started doing? I uh, I was at some point I started realizing that we do I do spend a lot of time in front of and a lot of times also dead times and this is um, for instance when you run a piece of code that takes three minutes to run or four minutes to run and just waiting there's nothing for you to do at that yeah. point right? Um, I, I had got the idea when I saw my friend juggle and he started juggling and I was. I looked at him and was like, oh man, that's interesting. Maybe I could learn how to juggle so that in the time where my code is running, oh. I can juggle. Okay. So I started learning how to juggle. And now I can, I mean, I, I don't know if I can juggle four, but I've been juggling three for a while. And I can juggle two in one hand for, with both hands. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. Like I can actually do a lot of tricks now. Yeah. So that's why I learned how to juggle because of the dead time between coding and stuff. You see, that's where the, the, the uniqueness the comes. <laughs> so you, we always ask the second question, what makes you unique? And the last part you talked about is... 
you using your dead time to juggle. Yeah. I thought you would stand or drink water or just talk to someone. No, you went to juggling. Yeah, that's boring. And, and you leveled up your skills, so now you, have, you can juggle three balls. No, no, so two balls is easy. I think anybody can do two balls. Three yeah. is hard, but you have to do three to learn any new trick. Four is where it's, uh, it gets like, okay, you gotta really know how to do this four thing. Mm. Five is, you need, I think, more than a year to learn how to do five. It's really hard, like, it's really, really hard doing five. Uh, yeah, but no, that's, I leveled up my skills. Yes. I learned a lot of tricks within the three zone. <laughs> I can juggle them backwards, which is cool, because like, you juggle like this, but I can juggle them like this mm. and catch them. Yeah, it's fun. I know the guys, obviously, this is a podcast, so they didn't see me doing this or yeah, that. I can imagine. I can, <laughs> they can imagine what I mean by backwards. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so that's my uniqueness, I guess, maybe juggling. I have very fuzzy hair. I don't know, does that make me unique? No, I mean, <laughs> the profound stuff, you know? Profound. And, and the annoying part, all of what you have, yeah. all of what you've done, and by the way, You've, you, you talked about your introduction about your professional life very humbly. You say, I'm a developer at Midi, yeah. but didn't talk about your achievements or the fact that you've done a lot of work for one person. You don't talk about that. And that's what like, fascinates me, that you are a capsule of human talent labeled with humility. No, I think it's... Uh, and even in Instagram, you said nothing extravagant. Extravagant, normal boy to, with to, an eye. To, 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 to throw people off. <laughs> yeah, can people actually follow me on Instagram? That would be nice. I have a public account. Anybody can follow me. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't know. I, I try my best not to look at the things that I've done and just keep going forward. But like even now, I tell my boss, like, I feel like maybe the job is a little too easy. But I can barely keep up. You know what I mean? Um... So for, okay, so just a bit of context for the listener. Uh, I've worked in many since 2017. When I came in 2017, there were no full-time software engineers. And uh, actually, so this was the beginning of 2017. This was, I was still a student. Uh, and I decided to do this thing where I realized that like, a lot of the code was already like very, very bad. And Mehdi was working on uh, improving so that they go to the next level. So there's multiple levels to start. There's the idea stage where it's just an idea. And then people working on it full time for a while, they have a product, they have some usage, but maybe not that much. And then it goes to a point where they're, they're doing well enough that they can start raising money. And then after raising enough money, then they start hiring more people and stuff like that. So when they hired me, I was literally the third guy. <laughs> so, company. Huh? The company. Yeah, the company. I was literally the third guy when I came in. It was um, actually fourth, technically fourth. Uh, it was me, uh, Harris. So it was Harris first, obviously. Harris is the CEO and founder. Uh, there's Abdullah Al-Khinji, which is also another founder. And then there is, uh, then right, like just before they hired me full-time, uh, they hired the sales guy, uh, Abed, which is was uh, Abed Al-Khattab or Abd Al-Khattab, we're call him Abd Al-Karim. This is a weird name, he has multiple names, but we call him Abed. And uh, he was, he's an extraordinary sales guy. Uh, and then I came on board and I started coding things up. And there was a lot of like demand obviously for coding, because if you think about it, like even though it's a website and the website is done, technically if I leave now and I leave the website, it's going to be running 
for the next whatever, you know. But the, the, the problem is with changes and the problem is with clients and clients who want things and all of that. So when I came, I realized that, you know, coding on, or developing on top of a broken base is a horrible idea. What happens is that you have this really bad code and you're just trying to put stuff on top. It's just gonna, it's gonna, there's gonna be so many bugs that you don't really understand why they're happening. And that's gonna cause so many problems in the future. So what I told them was, let me code the whole thing from scratch, from now. Because if you do that later, uh, it's gonna be a lot more code that you have to deal with, right? So at that point, maybe they had close to um, maybe 5,000, maybe 4,000 lines of code total, right? And I was like, you know what, let me just rewrite the whole thing. And if I, if once I do that, it's, I think everything is going to be just much cleaner and much easier to expand. Um, and the back end or the front end? Both, both. Okay. Both back end and front end. And then, when I, then, I, then I spent around three months doing it. And it was really painful. I remember I had to sleep in the office for like a couple of days. I remember I was working 16 hours. In like Why? You were an intern, no pressure. No, no, this is after. Sorry, I'm, sorry I messed up the timeline. Then when I was an intern, I was working towards it, right? Mm -hmm. So I was planning things, I was coding things here and there, I was removing some stuff, I was adding some stuff. But when I started, when I joined full-time, I was really excited. Um, and I really, like, <laughs> I, I really went down on the uh, on the gas pedal. And I, uh, I, I ended up coding, I, I remember there was like some days it would be like 16 hours, and like some weeks where I, I would like total like 80 hours of work. Like insane, insane things, right? And obviously, that would be so, so bad for my health. I would barely sleep. But I got burnt out. I would. There's a point where I, when I would open the screen, <laughs> I would feel like throwing up. <laughs> it was really bad. Why are you doing this? Did you set a goal for yourself? Because I, like I, I mean, I was a lot more idealistic at the time. I wanted to be that person that you know. Uh, build something. I wanted to make something out of my career, but obviously I was too excited. And a lot of people wait a year or two, maybe three, four, even before deciding. Okay, this is this is the point in my career where I want to do something important, something big, right? For some reason, I came out the gate. I was like, yes, let me do it. <laughs> I will do this thing for you guys. Obviously, even now looking back, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't the best idea, but it wasn't. Why? <laughs> no, I'm asking. Yeah. So. So I was thinking perhaps it wasn't the uh, best because I was looking at my code and stuff and I've changed a lot in terms of how I code things and how good my code is. I think it's much better now, maybe 10 years in the future, like what the hell did I think even like eight years ago, you know what I mean? Um, so everybody keeps evolving and I think I evolved a lot, but I mean, once I've done that and, I've, and I push everything, uh, there was a lot of issues that I had to deal with, right? And I was still the only developer. And I was the only developer for a year and a half after. Uh, but we had three interns uh, in, in it. And, and to be fair, the, the first, the, when I was first hired full-time, which was in, in, the, in June of uh, 2017, uh, I, I did have an intern. And he did a really good job. His name is Julian. Uh, he worked with us for three months full-time and then three more months part-time. He did a very, very good job as well. Like, he was a very good developer. Uh, obviously, also with the team, we had uh, our marketing guy, Rabia, and uh, we had our our um, our CEO Harris, who were, all did a fantastic job at like helping out with this product too. Um, but again, I put too much effort into it. You know what I mean? I really just went to, and after that, I was burnt out. So maybe not something I would ever do again. <laughs> never, never. I don't. Know. Even if you're too excited for the next big thing. 
Like, let's say you quit with and started your own company or joined a, like a company dreams of your life. I, I don't I don't think don't think I will do that because I know for a fact that being consistent and sleeping, even if I work 10 hours, I mean now I'm used to working 10 hours, right? If I do 10 hours a day every single day, even six days a week, right? That's much better than doing 16 hours one day in the entire because that 16 hours ruins your entire week. Uh, but you did it. I did it. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not the best. But the cool thing is, once we did push everything, uh, like in the last, so that, that so when I was done, I, it took me three months to do this project. I know that I'm going back and forth in the story. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. But what happened was in September when I finished the project and everything was done, and I had a lot of problems to deal with. Uh, we we also launched in uh, UAE. Right, uh, which also brought us a lot more traffic. And uh, the cool thing is, in the last um, twelve months, I would say, or sorry, the twelve months after that, we ended up, I think, growing eight x in all of our metrics uh, in terms of page views, in terms of number of doctors that are signed up with us, in terms of um, bookings, like appointments made, in terms of reviews that are made through the website. And I told you there was like 5,000 lines of code at that time. Now, when I calculate the whole thing, uh, there's 50,000 lines of core code, 50,000 lines of code that was written, and 80,000 lines total, right? So that's a much bigger project, if you think about it. And you wrote all the 80,000? I don't think I wrote the whole thing. I mean, there were, like I said, there were three interns. Uh, there was one in 2017, two in 2018, and then Yusuf joined towards the end. Uh, of, uh, so you could say like this year, 2019, he joined in 2019, January. So maybe not the whole event. Yeah, the vast majority. The vast majority, yes. <laughs> so that's my achievement in my life. I'm grateful for the opportunity to even have that. Right? I mean, most people don't have the opportunity to show off their, um, you know, their skills as much as I have. Uh, but yeah. You know the problem? You don't show off your skills. Yes. You work, and the code gets published. Yeah. And yeah. And people complain. And people complain. It's even better. That's kind of uh, sad that people. Well, what do they complain? Like in terms of like UX so, I mean, issues I, and the front end. I mess up sometimes, right? I'm, I'm still human. <laughs> I still make mistakes. Uh, so some I, there are sometimes where there are like really really bad things that I I messed up. That I ended up like you know regretting or, for instance, we gave this. Uh, I made a new feature for a clinic that was coming up, to, like on we were onboarding onto Medic, and this uh, feature was uh, supposed to send the, the a reminder to the patients when the receptionist puts in the timing. So that's basically the idea. Right? So the receptionist pre- uh, presses send. And the 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 the, the it's called the patient gets a reminder. So we already send the reminder like naturally, but we wanted to have like an extra thing where the receptionist also sends it, right? So my code mistakenly sent them uh, the timing of the appointment in GMT time, not in uh, KSA time, right? And this is a big like <laughs> big mistake, right? And uh, she sent like close to maybe 20 messages to their patients and they kept sending messages even after that and we were all the wrong times. <laughs> so, oh. so it was so bad. I remember we, we all had to like send a message to all people who got affected. 
okay, sorry, but this is a mistake. You know, we fixed it now. Everything's fine. The clinic was very angry. <laughs> Stuff like that happens. It's very normal. Um, but at the same time, you also get some praise. Like I, I have people coming up to me and telling me, oh, I like Mehdi, it's very nice. And I have other people too. Actually, here's something really cool that happened. It's, I think, one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, in your life? Maybe not in my life, but in working in Mehdi. Okay. I, uh, would, I was working closely with a clinic because they had a lot of needs and demands that I need to work with. I went there to the office multiple times and I met one of the doctors, right? And the doctor told me, like, maybe I should go get a teeth cleaning. She's a dentist. Uh, she told me I should get a teeth cleaning. And I was like, okay, cool. How much is a teeth cleaning? And she's like, uh, it's free. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, for you, it's free. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. And then I got a teeth cleaning for free. And this is just because I worked in Medi. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> I got my teeth cleaned for free. I'm pretty sure they do it to other people too. But it was kind of a cool idea that, oh, look, the work that I'm doing is actually making an effect. And people like it so much that they want to clean my teeth. <laughs> so yeah, that's nice. Um, what else? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think being so. I don't think I was being humble. Maybe I just forget these things because <laughs> I like to show off, especially in front of like my friends. Okay, see what I've done. <laughs> yeah, you once created. A painting with the logo of Midi and oh, lines I, of I code. Didn't, I didn't create it. I, I, this was a service. Huh. Uh, what's the service called? Commits.io. Okay. So basically what it does is it takes my code, uh, or sorry, not like the company's code, like the, the code that has been written. You can tell it like, uh, I want only the Python code or only the JavaScript code. And it takes it all and it uh, draws it all in like a, a light color. And then it takes your logo and it puts it on top of that so that it looks like the code is drawing out your logo, right? And you can have it mailed to you, I think, for 300 reals uh, from the US. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice. It makes you proud. You can go check it out on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. So, you didn't explicitly say what makes you different, and that's good. Maybe the listener could listen Perfect. again and understand. And maybe there are different interpretations for your, your, you know, your, your Da Vinci code. Da Vinci code, yes. <laughs> okay. Actually, I have a bonus question for you. But let's ask the third question first. Sure. So, based on your three plus year experience in development Two. and your... Two. <laughs> yeah. And your undergraduate life at CMU and your other things intersecting and giving you, you know, new perspectives. What advice do you give to people who are, let's say, a new direction, developers, or let's say, CS students, or even entrepreneurs who want to have a successful startup that has, you know, high quality code? Um, I mean, I have general advice for people who are looking for the next like step in their career in software engineering in general. And this is something that I think I suffered from so when I, when I joined, I realized that the biggest thing that really affected me is that there was no mentor. I, was, I just joined like on my own, right? And I had to figure out a lot of things on my own, which meant I had to read books, and I had to read articles, and I had to read a lot of things just for me to understand what I'm doing right versus what I'm doing wrong, 
what technology I should be using, which is which versus what I shouldn't be using, what I should be doing versus. What I think most people should do in order to improve their career is not look for a job, but rather look for a, a mentor. So for instance, if you know that there's this guy, X, is in, works in whatever, Y company, uh, you shouldn't be focusing on the Y company. You should see what this guy X has done. And this guy has to be good enough for you to think, oh, I really want to join this company because I think this guy is going to help me out. Um, so I think most people should, that when they start looking for jobs, they should also start focusing on who they're going to be working with rather than the place that we're working at, right? If you join Facebook and you're in a, in a new team, I mean, sure, that'd be cool that you're working in Facebook, but, but the, what value are you getting to like, help you learn, right? And again, it's a trade-off. Maybe you're so smart, you don't really care so much about learning. You want to build, just build, then that's good for you. Then you should build something. You should start a startup or join a company or whatever. Um, in terms of entrepreneurs that have developers, here's like my advice. Don't worry too much about having good code, but give it some worry. <laughs> because I feel like a lot of people that say, oh, we don't worry about code at all, just throw code here and there. It's, a, it's kind of like a balancing game. You need to be able to have good enough code so that you can start hacking. A lot of people just start hacking without having good enough code. So what ends up happening is that everything just falls apart at some point. And I know this. I've been in situations where I looked back at some of the code that I've written. I'm like, there's no way I can code on top of this. I have to do like changes. And there's, it's really bad. And also for entrepreneurs, you need to understand also having a good tech, a, a good uh, solid code base also improves your like like the likelihood of you hiring more. Uh, tech people, because tech people don't like working on tech that is garbage. <laughs> it's just the, it's just a fact of life. Uh, so, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're a sole entrepreneur, the best thing you could do is find a guy that is enthusiastic about tech and understands the best practice and also understands business needs for him to hack things and make things as they can code things as fast as he can. That's my advice for that third type. Is there a third type of person I want to give advice to? No, but do you consider yourself as a maker or as a learner or as a maintainer? A maker or a learner or a maintainer? Yeah. Because uh, so you mentioned about if you're smart enough, you can just build and move on. Yeah, I mean, some people, I mean, okay, maybe I want to rephrase that now, now that I've heard it back. I feel like I don't think anybody should think that they're smart enough. But uh, Why? Self-esteem, you know? Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I don't. I feel like thinking that you're just smart enough makes you stop learning, which is not the best. I, I love learning. I think if anything, if I had to just do one thing in my life, it'd just be learning and doing projects. If I don't have, if money is not an issue, right? If I have all the money in the world, I'll just be sitting down either going to courses or just learning new things like for projects or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't consider myself a learner, but I also love making <laughs> Maintaining, I also love maintaining, <laughs> but I am mostly learning. Because maintain, yeah, you have to maintain, right? <laughs> like it's, it's a, you can't just make something and leave it to rot. It's a, uh, I used to think that if you make something and you just leave it to rot, or if you learn a language and you never like uh, come back to that language, you're doing, you're, 
you're uh, what's the you're not paying your respects to that language or that project. You know what I mean? You should have some respect to the thing that you. Maybe it doesn't deserve respect. Maybe it's just a, a failing project. No, no. I, okay, you should not maintain. Like if you if you've done something just to learn, sure. I mean, you can throw it in the garbage. That's fine. But if you've done something that people like. Like I first, I'll tell you something that I kind of regret as well. In university, I had this uh, club that I started. <laughs> it was really stupid. Here's a story. I, I had a club that I started. I called it Today You Learned, which is um, kind of like a subreddit, which is called Today I Learned, but I changed it to Today You Learned. Right? Okay. And I had that sub. I had that club, and I, and I the idea of the club was basically, you if you know something, give us five minutes presentation about it, right? And we do this every week where three people come in with five minute presentation and it becomes like maybe 15 to 20 minute uh, event and we just learn, all, all of us learn three new things, right? And five minutes is a good amount of time to learn something. Yep. Um, and also it helps with presentation. I love presentations. I love talking. About yes, they told me you did an immersive, amazing presentation at Imagine Cup. Who told you this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's going to be a guest. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I love, this another thing about me. I love, Presenting, I feel like it's a uh, what's it called, like a thespian kind of like a, um, it's a, a theatrical thing. You know, I, I stand in front of people, I move my arms around, and I speak in a way that you know I take my voice up, I take my voice down, I tell them this, I tell them that. You know what I mean? Mm. Stuff like that. That's but you fun. look too calm for a presenter. Uh, calm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be calm to some degree, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's my style. <laughs> Well, I don't know really, man. Uh, but uh, I was saying that the, the, the club that I started, I, I loved it so much. And I, and, I, and I gave like a speech once about like the Catholic Church. Was, uh, I'm Muslim, obviously, but I mean, I did the Catholic Church one to, to, to explain like how a pope is chosen. I, I thought that was fun, right? To this day, I, don't, I didn't forget it. I didn't forget any of the presentations that were given. They were all very nice. And I did that for a semester. And the second semester, I don't know, I, I felt like people didn't have that much interest, right? And then next year, I decided to disband the club, so to close it up. But then I found out that people actually liked that club. And I felt bad because I was doing something and people were actually going to the events, but I just felt not good about it. And instead of like, you know, putting more effort into like maintaining it and making it more popular or whatever, like I, I'm just thinking back, there was so much I could have done, <laughs> like as part, of, uh, as part of this thing, right? Uh, but I did it. I just did it. I thought like there's so much I could have done, like, I, and I would have been so much fun, and I would have actually had like more impact. But I just didn't do that, and I feel very bad about that. Like that's some one big lesson that I learned. Learned is don't take things for granted. If you actually have something, you might as well fix it. Don't throw it in the garbage. Don't start from scratch every single time. That's that's not a good way of doing it. Even though I've done it, started from scratch before, uh, when there was a project, I, I do think that has to be done. You know, select selectively. You can't just throw things if you think they don't work, right? And that's the thing. That's why if if yeah, that, that yeah, that's why if, even if I wanted to leave Medi now, I can't really do it. You just, can't. Yeah, because not because of any legal obligation. Or anything. It's just I feel bad about it because it's Medi's Medi, right? It's the thing I've built it, and people are using it. A lot of people are using it, in fact. So why would I? You know, stop. I need to feel like I'm comfortable enough to have done something that is going to last. To main, like, so leave a, a legacy is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so that, you know, my legacy is never forgotten within 
the the compounds of the product itself. You know what I mean? Um, that's a much a deeper subject. I mean, I, I love maintaining. <laughs> to answer your question, but I I would consider myself more of a learner than a maker and a maintainer. But I I also do these two things, other things, my favorite things. Okay, so you're a learner, maintainer, and a maker. Okay, yes. So bonus question. Yes, tell me. Where do you see yourself in 15 years from now? I know everybody says I don't know, but you can see, like you can have a vision or you can have a basic idea. Me? I, I want to be working with video games. <laughs> really? I'll be honest with you. Yeah, because um, I feel like the web development is fun and all, but it's not, uh, it's not very comprehensive. It's a lot of business. Uh, and that, that's the case because web is such a forefront thing. Application development in general is such a forefront thing. It's a, you know, whenever someone creates a new technology or creates a new whatever business model, uh, finds a new market, whatever, they go to it to application mm -hmm. development, right? And that's where things start, right? Always, always that's where things start. So you never become like behind the lines, thinking about things, making, designing things and stuff. Um, since I love like, writing stories and I love... Um, History? I mean, yes, history, but I love coding, too. <laughs> so what I want to say is... I love yeah, these things come together in a game. In a game, yes. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. I want to... I've been playing, playing video games my entire life, and they, they don't get... I never got bored of video games. They're just so fun. Like, just part of... It's just such a part of me <laughs> at this point in my life that I'm like, you know what? At some point, I really want to get into video games. But, uh, you know, i, I got to make money. And, but maybe it's a good start for my career, I feel. I think if, if anything, it's been an incredible experience. So I, I don't regret it, obviously. Um, I don't think I will ever regret it. But at some point, I want to get into video game development and actually make games that people like, people play. That's another thing too, right? But you have to make something that people use. Because otherwise, what's the point of making anything, right? Maybe your own self-satisfaction. Yeah. You write stories and never share them. I mean, I share them, but not with everybody. It's just because I'm embarrassed of them. I feel like it could be better, that's why. But I agree, right? That's hypocritical of me. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. What was I yeah, so in, in, I want to make video games and actually have to, like, I want to make a career out of it. Why don't you start your own game studio? You can, you know? I haven't, the thing is, I don't have the knowledge of, like, the incredible video. I, I want to actually start like learning and properly doing mm. things. Right? But right now, I'm just so busy with many. Even me fitting one more thing in my life becomes a hassle. Uh, and one more thing, I need like a big thing, like a, something I have to do every day, right? Like I, I love to read. I have to work out. By me, I have to. I'm like, I, you know, I have to work out. <laughs> I don't want to uh, not work out. Uh, I have to work. Uh, at the same time, I have a small side project that I'm doing, which remains secret, I guess. <laughs> but it's a small, very, very small side project that I'm doing that I want to build more on top of. Uh, but see, that one, I can't really get my time. Like, I, I can't really get the time to do that, right? And also, obviously, I write uh, blogs as well and stuff. So that becomes, uh, that's way too much, you know what I mean? So I, if I want to fit video games, it's impossible. I have to either go to an easier job or stop one of the things that I'm already doing which I shouldn't stop or I would think I should never stop you know or go into terrible mode like you did at the early days yeah, that's too much that makes you unhappy 
It makes you stressed, it makes you unhappy, it makes you hate coding, which is something that I don't want to ever happen, right? You gotta love what you do. Or at least if you're lucky enough to love what you do, then you can rather keep it that way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's also nice for the people who don't love what they do, I think they should also embrace the idea that, okay, I don't love what I do. I know that for a fact. So let me spend all the money that I get from the things that I don't love to do things that I do love, right? It's kind of a blessing more than a, more than a curse, right? You know what I mean? Wow, that's a very, very weird way to look at it. I think it is. I think it's a good way of looking at things. Yeah. Because right? if I didn't love what I do, I wouldn't... Like today, for instance, I had to wake up very early in the morning to do something. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, that's only because I love... If it wasn't, I'd be like, man, you're not paying me enough to do that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? If... <laughs> if... Um, if my boss was just my boss, right, and my contract is just my contract, and my salary is just my salary, then I could always say, you're not paying me enough to do this, boss, for my job that I'm doing with the salary that you're paying, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the, the truth is, you know, I'm not really doing this for the money or for the, for the guy or for the job. I'm just doing this for the company. You know what I mean? Which is, I think, is a different mentality, right? Which also puts you in a way, like, I mean, I, I'm talking too much, but I'm, <laughs> this also puts you in a position where you would start doing other things. Like for me, instance, I would do user testing, which requires me to do something that I really hate doing, but I'm doing it for the company because I love the company. And the thing is, I have to talk to people. Right? I go to people and talk to them and stuff. It gives me social anxiety. I don't like that. But I do it, right? And yeah, you're doing a podcast right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not doing it for the company. I'm doing it for, I don't know, I like talking. <laughs> and for you guys, obviously. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you know, this is the longest episode and now finally we can say that we are a long form podcast because nice. we were like 7 minutes 15 and now 7 minutes 15 yeah, yeah it's like hi introduce yourself what makes you unique <laughs> and advice because we meet people who are usually busy or like in the middle of the job and we take them from the office downstairs to interview them or we go like in the company mm -hmm. like between two meetings a short interview and... But how long was Yusuf's interview? I think 20. You can, you can check it out. I'll send you the link. <laughs> Did you listen to it? No, I didn't. Okay. I'm gonna listen to it after this. Yeah, his episode was nice. It's, it's about being nice, actually. It's about, yeah, Yusuf is a very nice guy. Him and his brother, they're very positive people. I don't know how this come up, but this is super positive. It's a abnormally positive. Mm -hmm. I'm not that positive. Yeah. <laughs> If you catch me in a bad day, I don't know. I'll probably be like, I, I don't know. Don't talk to me if we catch you in a bad yeah. day. I'm not, a, I'm not as positive as these guys. Okay, I think we'll have you in another podcast because I want to have some questions regarding. You talked about being idealistic in the beginning and you changed. I really want to dig into that. I changed? Yes. How did I change? I mean, you said you were too idealistic. When you, yeah, when you started working on MIDI after the internship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so I was like, extremely idealistic. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm a lot the more transformation, I have some questions regarding, especially like in the grand picture, do we get less idealistic when you get older or depends? I don't know. I think, no. If you want, I can give you an answer. In my no, mind. that next episode. Because I want to have you. To, to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> and for the special listeners who are listening right now, 
and very happy to hear your voice. Special listeners. Listen, right now? What do you mean right now? No, no. Okay, good. When this <laughs> I is thought live. it was live. Okay. No, freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your time, and we'll have you soon. All right. Yalla, thanks so Bye. much. Appreciate it. Yalla, sit down.